0: It's Big Dog Ball Talk, coming at you late Friday night. Uh, you may notice something. This is not Matt Icorn. This is Jordan Flegel, the, the better half, the, uh, the big dog, the true big dog. Um, I'm here without Matt today because Matt's babysitting, uh, of all things, if you can believe it. But I didn't want to leave you guys hanging. I didn't want to go a full week without an episode. Didn't want to do that to you guys. Um, so I'm going to sneak one in here. I'm going to go solo. Matt went solo when I had COVID and... It sounded like so much fun. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to give it a a try myself. Um, So, so here we go. There's not too much news to get to. Uh, It's probably been the quietest couple weeks uh, of NBA news uh, of of the the calendar year, certainly since the season started. Uh, But there's still, there, you know, there's always stuff to talk about. There's always stuff going on. Um, And you know, Matt and I will be be jumping back on with some some evergreen content coming at you next week. Um, You know, all time lists. Drafts, you know, some of the fun stuff we've done before in the past, um, and uh, so so yeah, Matt Matt will be on in no time. But we we do have some stuff to discuss, some 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 recent kind of contracts, some some drama out in L.A., which you know that 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 never stops. The drama always goes, uh, you know, it's, it's it's always churning out there in in Los Angeles. But the the biggest contract uh, signed, you know, recently in the in the last week was James Harden finally inking his his new deal with the 76ers uh you know the the this the same James Harden who he didn't quite get to the the paperwork in time it wasn't faxed enough uh you know faxed fast enough uh you know back when he he opted out of his contract for what was it for for 47 million his player option that he could have opt, opted into this year he opts out uh with you know the 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 rumors were that he was he was doing that to to take a bit of a pay cut to allow the Sixers to Fill out the roster a little bit better to to you know be more of a legitimate championship contender for for the next few years and uh, and and that's exactly what he did. He took you know th- th- this coming year the pay cut uh, is about fifteen million dollars. I think fourteen point five million dollars less uh, is what he's going to be making this year uh, than than if he had just opted in. Uh, he's he's making thirty three million and he's got a player option for thirty five million. So. Right away, after you know, at the end of this this uh, this coming year, he can opt out again, and you know, he can hit the market again if he if he thinks he can, you know, find a team to give him a a, a contract with a few more years. If that's if that's the Sixers again, or or if he goes somewhere else, or he can obviously opt in. Uh, but he's 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 done the thing that players should, uh, you know, in my opinion, be praised for, which is take a pay cut to improve the sort of outlook of your team for the coming year. Um, obviously, you know, he, he's not, he's not going to be starving on the street, uh, you know, with that, that missing $15 million. he's He's still, you know, making his bag. But I do think, you know, there, there's two kind of schools of thought. There's the people who sort of clown it as if it really matters to, to, to someone like James Harden, who's made millions and millions of dollars over the course of his career um, and say, you know, it's the least you can do or, you know, uh, people not really giving him the credit he deserves. And I, I actually do think it's a, it's a rare enough thing, uh, you know, to, for, for someone to take a pay cut of any kind in the NBA that you, he actually does deserve props, in my opinion. That's my view. Uh, if, if, if all it does is allow the Sixers to sign, you know, their, their offseason signings, you know, P.J. Tucker, Danwell House, if that's all it is, you know, props to James Harden. And they 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 might still have more moves to make. You know, we'll see what the 76ers team looks like at the very beginning of the season and, you know, beyond that at the trade deadline. But I think when a player does that, um, I think that does show some commitment because I think people forget. People forget, like, that these players, no matter how good you are, you have a certain window to make basically the 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 bulk of the money you're ever gonna make in your life. Now I know we're talking about millions of dollars, but to to leave any amount of money on the table, that's not something that, you know, if you put yourself in their shoes, that's not something that's gonna be easy for for anyone to do. So I do give James Harden that props. I do give him the respect that he's done that. Whether or not it's going to lead to a 76ers championship, you know, that's, that's a, a whole other question. But, you know, a, a lot of people have pointed it out. I, I like the moves that the 76ers have been making. Like I think Daryl Morey, you know, he's always been a very shrewd guy, uh, you know, in in terms of, you know, making good, cheap signings that that sort of work out in the long haul for 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 a team. Like, uh, you know, he's obviously kind of the, the father in NBA front offices of, you know, analytics and knowing which players, uh, you know, might be undervalued on different teams that would work well on on the teams that, you know, he's kind of put together. And if we're just talking about P.J. Tucker... He's he's the perfect, you know, fit uh, for, for this team, a team that, you know, we, we saw them bow out in the playoffs and many of their own players, let alone, you know, people watching and pundits said that they need more more toughness, more mental toughness, uh, physical toughness, basically, uh, you know, everything that P.J. Tucker brings to the table. Um, and, you know, to, to go out and get a guy like that, even though he is 37, um, he's shown that he really makes a difference for you, especially in the postseason. As a tenacious defender who can defend basically, you know, he can defend point guards and he can defend small ball centers. Uh, he, he can he's he's one of the few guys you can say in the league who can lock down one through five, uh, you know, on, on many nights. Uh, and, you know, I, I understand he's a zero on offense, basically, but he can still hit that corner three. You can, he can still hit that that, uh, you know, patented corner three of his. And no one is going to be more adept at finding him open in those corners than James Harden. Uh, like they, you know, uh, as as. Many will well know they they played together in Houston had great success. P.J. Tucker was obviously on that those those Houston Rockets teams, including the 65 win Houston Rockets team that, that should have beat the Warriors if not for Chris Paul's shaky hamstring, um, and and likely should have went on to to win the title. Uh, and you know there, there's there's history there between those two, and and I think Tucker will slot in really nicely, you know between Harden and and, and Embiid, you know somewhere in the lineup. Um, and I, th- I think mostly that'll be, you know, he'll, he'll probably be playing the, f- playing the four, which I think will work really well. And I'm excited to see it. And I'm hoping he can stay healthy and that, you know, the, the Sixers can lean on other players on their roster enough. You know, someone like Tobias Harris also plays a lot of stretch four, uh, you know, so that P.J. Tucker can be healthy and, and ready to go in the playoffs when they're, when they're really going to need him. Um, and so I I I love the signing. Uh trading for D'Anthony Melton, I loved like a little bit of injection of of youth in that backcourt. And you've you've got him and Maxie now, guys who could really like to push the ball. D'Anthony Melton can shoot it, uh, you know, competes on defense. Um, you know, a little bit undersized. He plays the two a lot, but he he can bring the ball up himself. But you know, the the I I love getting that kind of youthful uh, you know, kind of an, another kind of jitterbug on the perimeter. To to play, when you know when when Harden's off the floor a little bit with Harden, and I think it just it it gives them a lot more lineup versatility. Um, I I don't I don't know if him and Maxi can play together that much. Uh, you know we'll see. There's there's gonna be a lot of different. machinations different little things that doc rivers can try but it's a it's a hell of a piece to add and daniel house another another guy you know clearly daryl's just trying to bring back the you know the 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 2017 through 18 rockets uh you know he's he's just trying to kind of like the you know the clippers are trying to copy the 2019 raptors uh and and you know uh that that, that's always going to be the case and and daryl's always going to try and get his boys back together uh like he had down in houston the the last piece is just a trade for chris paul Come on, Daryl, do it. I don't care how you do it. Just, just, just make it happen. Uh, it's. I, 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 really do think that this this team is going to be better than they were last year, significantly. And what you know, a lot of it does depend on James Harden. But you know, and, and there's a lot of other factors too. Matisse Thybul. We'll we'll see if he's kind of permanently broken offensively. They've clearly, you know, he's been in a lot of trade talks. He, the, I think Daryl would be happy to get off of him. Uh, as quickly as as he can if there was any sort of value proposition he was getting back but for now you know he's he's still there in a in a valuable you know defensive player uh you know when 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 he when he's on and and has his sort of confidence um you you've still got guys like Corkmoss and and you know you got you've got Niang and you've got Milton still and you know Paul Reed who showed some stuff like you you you've got an okay team um and you know you've you've got Maxi who really showed out in, in the playoffs last year and really showed that he can be, he can be, you know, when James Harden isn't on a second fiddle, like the second best player behind Joel Embiid and win you games during the regular season, which you need that. You need that. You can't count. You know, I think if, if the last couple of years have shown us anything, it's that you can't count on James Harden to be the MVP candidate, the the top five guy every single night. He can, he can kind of approach that level sometimes, but you know, you, you want to save that for, for the postseason as much as possible. Y- you don't want to rely on him, you know, getting you 25-plus points every night. Um, and, you know, like, like, uh, like Joel Embiid said, he's, he's more a bit, bit more of a uh, facilitator now these days. And, you know, with, as long as Maxi continues to develop as a scorer, as a shooter, and, you know, a, a guy who can score from all three levels, then James Harden can settle into that facilitator role, just, you know, hit his step-back threes, uh, you know, when games are close. Um and I I like the way this team is is being constructed. I don't think they're better than say the Bucks or uh the the Celtics in the East next year. I I, I don't see how they're you know that much better than than those other two heavy hitters. Uh you know, a lot of that will depend on how dominant Joel Embiid can be, though, because neither of those teams really have an answer. I mean, no one in the league really has an answer. There, there's, you know, Marcus All is gone. There's no longer an Embiid stopper. He's going to be dominant against, well, you know, pretty much anybody you throw on him. And so that's going to be a matchup nightmare if if he matches up with either of those teams in the playoffs. But I still don't think, you know, with, with James Harden's, you know, a, a, at the point in his career where he is at, Tobias Harris, you know, as unreliable as he is and and you know, as much as I just praised Maxi, I just don't think that that team around Embiid can can match what what Milwaukee or Boston can can you know throw out there on the court in terms of two way productivity. Uh, and so, you know, I again, I, I like the I like the way they've been building this out. I you know, it, it was a, a, a smart move I think to trade for Harden. You, you know, d- despite how things went last year, um, and to now you know get him you know have him agree to take a pay cut you, you you get to fill out your roster a little bit more you've got enough young talent that you can talk yourself into you know being good for the next few years um even if you know someone like Harris or 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 Harden you know those those guys if they fall off a cliff you've you've still got Embiid who theoretically should be in his prime for at least another 2 3 years you know we'll we'll see how he ages and see if injury concerns get worse as he ages if they've kind of leveled out you know we'll see last year you know we it was it was pretty much the full the 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 first full completely pretty much healthy season we've seen from Joel Embiid of course until he gets you know hit in the face inadvertently by Siakam and then has other kind of injury concerns in the playoffs which was you know really heartbreaking for 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 anyone not just Sixers fans but we you know we want to see Every NBA fan wants to see Embiid, uh, you know, as his dominant self uh, at a hundred percent in the playoffs, and you know, hopefully, he can be that the next few years. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, that that gives them a, a pretty damn good chance. But uh, we'll 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 see if they can. You know, I think Daryl. If I know anything about Daryl, he has he has more tricks up his sleeve. He might have one more move. Any 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 semi disgruntled superstar that you know he he gets wind of midway through the season, he is not going to be afraid to pull the trigger and, you know, add another, add another big time star to this team. And, you know, if that does happen, uh, I don't know where that would be coming from. Like I, I, there's no one right now that, that really sticks out in that way. Uh, obviously, you know, a couple pods back, I talked about a potential Kevin Durant, uh, you know, trade that could land him in Philly. And that would be an interesting kind of trio. Uh, I, I think that's pretty unlikely, but, you know, someone, someone, a big wing out there, you know, who, whoever that may be, if they get, if they get disgruntled, they want to move, they, they, they uh, you know, want to move on from their current situation, Daryl's going to pull that trigger if he has the opportunity. So so we'll see. But honestly, good for James Harden. I think players aren't, aren't praised enough when they do that. Not everyone, almost, you know, 90% of the league doesn't leave any money on the table. They make every, every penny that they can get and so when guys do it I, I i do think they they deserve some applause so we'll we'll see how the the 76ers season plays out um but i i think they're definitely moving in the right direction um a former westbrook uh, oh there we go i've jumped right into it i uh, uh, i was going to say a former harden teammate uh you know an, another place and another time in both of their careers when things maybe may you could say this was kind of the, st- the the beginning of the end for both of them in terms of the uh Public opinion uh, of, of of both Harden and Westbrook, you know, when they they teamed up in in Houston and things just didn't really work out, uh, you know. Obviously, to that point, Westbrook had still been quite a you know successful player, uh, you know, not that far removed from his MVP. And Harden just in the years before with Chris Paul had a couple of very very successful seasons, um, but you know since since their their team up and then split there, it's kind of been downhill for for both of these guys. But Russell Westbrook. In the news again, uh, obviously, as, as as he often is, uh, parting ways with his longtime agent Thad Foucher. I think I'm pronouncing that right, right Foucher. Um, in you know what was a pretty surprising move, a very sudden split. Uh, you know, it's rare uh, that a player splits with their agent this far into their careers. Uh, it's I, it's it's almost unheard of. I'm sure it's happened before, but they they had apparently irreconcilable differences. Uh, you know, whatever that means. Um, but mainly it seems to revolve around the fact that, uh, you know, Foucher, his agent was advising Russ to stay with the Lakers, make it work. Darvin Ham's been out, you know, through all the, all his media appearances, everything he's said publicly was that he's going to, he, you know, he, he, he's thrown his support behind Russell Westbrook. He's going to try and make it work. He's, he's going to, tweak him into more of a you know an off ball player <laughs> a defender <laughs> um and uh so you know foucher i i think rightly was like well he th- you know this this new head coach um s- supporting you saying all the right things saying you're going to be the starter don't don't uh, don't distance yourself from him you know you know stay stay in the situation you still got a guaranteed, uh, you know, I think it's forty-seven million or around there that that Russ is kind of, you know, he he's opted into this year, obviously, before his his contract expires next season. Um, you know, he he's got his money taken care of this year. He's got yeah, a new a new head coach, someone who's who's gonna at least in theory support him and 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 stand behind him and try and make it work. Um, you know that 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 apparently was sort of Foucher's way of thinking, and and Russell Westbrook seem to think differently about that or or seem to think that he, uh, you know, it, it, it hasn't been said explicitly by him, but, you know, the the split um, seems to indicate that Russ has a, a different opinion about this. That he's got a different way of thinking that he sees different value on the market elsewhere, which I don't I don't understand what in what world he could possibly think that. But, you know, it it seems as though Russ would like his time in LA to to come to a close if he could. I I think it, you know it sounds like he would he would welcome a trade somewhere else to a team that I guess needed him more where he'd be under less scrutiny. I don't know. It's all kind of up in the air. But to to split with your agent now, um, uh, I I just don't know what what the thinking is behind it, and I don't know what. What Russell Westbrook really wants, uh, like if if there's another team he has in mind, but I think it's pretty clear, you know, especially after his performance last year and the way he talked about Frank Vogel and and you know, kind of was very clearly unhappy about being benched in the situations he was benched, all that stuff. It's clear that his his value is the lowest it's ever been. Like stati- statistically, he's had he last year was his worst season since his sophomore year. Like he. He's never looked worse as a shooter, as a, as a ball handler in terms of, you know, his decision-making, his, his turnovers just keep going up, up and up. He was so bad in crunch time uh, defensively that, you know, it, it it's, it's worth studying. Like it, it, you, you've got to put it in a, you know, what not to do handbook, what the way Russell Westbrook defended out of bounds plays at the end of close games, he just, he just leaves his guy. Like there's, there's a couple games in the Lakers season last year that were just very, very clearly easily and, and. Um, you know, there there's no argument. The fact that he lost them a couple games like down the stretch, like, like, like point blank, he just left his guy open. I think it was a game against the Kings. I remember me and Matt talked about it when it happened because I just couldn't believe it. He just walked towards the ball and uh let a pass go right to his man under the basket who scored uh, you know, with a, a completely wide-open layup. And and that those those sort of you know plays where he falls asleep defensively and and you know, turns the ball over and makes the worst possible decision you could possibly make, uh, you know, at the end of games, that the, those were those were the, the Lakers' season was riddled with those performances from him last year, and so uh, no no one in their right mind, no team in their right mind would trade him. And you know, even even the Nets, I was thinking to myself, well, if if the Nets can get a couple, you know, if they can get the Lakers to part with their two first round picks that they can trade uh, in in the uh, you know much talked about Westbrook and Irving swap why wouldn't why wouldn't the Nets just want to buy him out? But the Nets apparently don't don't even have any interest in in him as a buyout candidate because Russ would all, all, you know Russ also has to agree to the buyout, which i I don't know if he would. Um, but you know, the Nets don't even have interest in him, you know, reportedly, you know, in that sense. they they don't want to touch him. And I think that's the sentiment around the league. And it's yeah it's the predicament that a lot of a lot of st- sort of former stars have have kind of put themselves in. By not, not adapting to make themselves uh, players of any sort of value, and it's not that Russell Westbrook, you know, no matter what, can't be a valuable player. He he can, uh, he, you know, he's 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 still an athletic guy with a you know obviously a, a you know athletic frame, one of the more athletic players we've ever seen, especially at his position. He could, if he just embraced a very very different role, he could be valuable to almost anyone. But it's it's the fact that he doesn't embrace that role. It's the fact that he still harkens back to the time where he had his ball, you know, the, the ball in his hands 90% of the time and you know, wants to be out there at the end of the games, wants to start. And I, I don't know, maybe I'd have to talk to some, some old heads about this, but it seems like it's happening more and more sort of in, in the modern game, Like with not, not just with Westbrook, but look at a player like Carmelo. Same type of thing. I, I remember the press conference when Carmelo got introduced in Oklahoma City. And someone said, you know, you might you might, you know, with with Westbrook and uh, and Paul George out there, maybe, maybe you'd be better coming off the bench, Carmelo. And and he, he laughed it off. He, he's, he thought it was the, most, the funniest thing he's, he's ever heard, uh, like him coming off the bench. And, you know, it's that it's that same type of attitude, uh, you know, and then not surprisingly, Carmelo's not in the league for a couple of years. Nobody, nobody even wants to pick him up until the Lakers, you know, finally sign him after his stint with Portland. Um, and now God knows, I, I I don't think I don't think the Lakers have 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 resigned him. I think Carmelo's kind of on his way out yet again because again, Carmelo hasn't ha- hadn't adjusted his game in any way to become a a good defender or an efficient offensive player. Barely rebounds. Uh, you know, do- doesn't really pass the ball. The ball just stops with him. And, you know, back back in his his Denver and New York days when he was in his prime, that that's how he played, but it was fine because he was giving you twenty five points per game. But he he's not able to do that anymore uh, and it's you know it's the same same story with with uh, with Westbrook and even in in if you go at go at it in a different kind of vein or look at different players who have also kind of had been stars and now have just fallen off look at someone like Kemba like Kemba was an all-star starter uh, you know the all-star game in Charlotte i think that was 2019 and he was you know he, he was legitimately deserving of that like he was a star uh, you know, right up until he got traded uh, or, or left to to go to the Celtics, I'm not sure if it was a trade or if he just left. or It might have been a sign and trade. But right up until then, Kemba was was awesome, and, and again, another player anybody in the league would want. But he's a liability on defense now. He's had too many injuries, um, and he's just not that explosive awesome offensive player anymore. And there, I think we're getting to a point now. Uh, you know, it, it's not the '90s anymore. the The league is too good. You cannot be a defensive liability any, anymore unless you're going to bring something really kind of specialized and efficient to the table uh, on the other end. And, you know, with a player like Westbrook and Kemba and Carmelo, they're, they're just not, they don't bring that that production offensively to justify how bad they are in all other facets of the game. And as soon as that happens, you're just, you're, you're going to be more trouble than you're worth. You're going to be a liability just in general, and no one's going to want you. Um, and and that's where we're at with Westbrook. and and you know the the thing that I think is frustrating a lot of people is that he just doesn't understand it, and there's no there's no sign that he ever will. um, you know, the the, the way things are going. And I, I think, you know, even when you're looking at the you know, the Kevin Durant situation, the Kyrie Irving situation, the Westbrook situation, the way things are going, the most likely thing is that Westbrook, you know, and and those other two I mentioned that they they just stay on the teams that they're on right now. So Westbrook's just going to be a Laker. No one's going to want to trade for him. His contract's going to expire, and then I don't know how much longer he's going to be in the league. Like who who is gonna who is gonna sign Russell Westbrook? Um, you know, unless he somehow shows that he can commit to being a very very different player than he's been the last two years. I don't know, but it's 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 looking rough uh, down the line for Russ, and I, I just unfortunately for the Lakers. You know, I think they'd love to have Kyrie. They love, They. I, I think they'd do that in a heartbeat, swapping him out for for Westbrook. Um, you know, even though Kyrie is you know a headache all on, unto himself, I, I just don't see how it's going to happen a- unless you convince a team. You know, I think there's there's been rumors that the, a, a team like the Spurs could come in as a third team to help facilitate a trade like that. But even that, I, I just I just don't see who could talk themselves into it. Um, you know, unless they really want one of those Lakers first round picks. But you know, if it hasn't happened now, if it hasn't happened yet, I just don't see what's going to really sort of change the dynamic and, and make it happen and And then you know we're we're going to have another we're gonna have another drama filled season uh, you know with with Hamm trying to contend with LeBron being angry, uh you know going home you know cryptically tweeting out things, uh, you know Westbrook being very stubborn about how he uh, how he does things, and and Anthony Davis probably falling and, and and hurting himself in, in in game one uh you know that that that's that's destined to happen so we'll we'll see i think a a drama filled season in in l a is is bound to happen no matter what um and 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 the other the other little bit of news about that is apparently that those three those three players I just mentioned all had a a phone conversation chris haynes on uh, uh of yahoo sports uh you know broke that on twitter that they had a conversation and confirmed their commitment to each other through the uncertainty so you know We'll see. I've I've got my doubts about that. I I I I really want to know what uh, you know Russ's you know end of the conversation w- w- was like and uh, and you know the sentiment that the the three of them brought up. But we'll see. I, I the Lakers clearly don't want him, but I don't think Russell Westbrook's going anywhere. Anywhere, unfortunately for them. <laughs> um, what else have we got? Well, we'll we'll go ac- across the uh, the the uh, continental United States to the. Uh, Lakers' biggest rival, the Celtics, who, who lost in the, the, the finals, obviously, this year. Um, and one of the more sort of enigmatic, unique players on that Celtics team. I don't know how you'd describe him. A lot of people describe him as, uh, you know, annoying, especially if you talk to Celtics fans. But Grant Williams uh, went on a podcast and talked about how uh, he thought, confidently, he said, that the Celtics were a better team than the Warriors. Or, or what he actually said here, I'll give you the, 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 the quote verbatim. To this day, I will still say confidently, confidently that we were not, that they were not the better team. Sorry, they were not as in the Golden State Warriors. So he, he confidently thinks that that the Celtics were the better team. And people, you know, obviously Steph, you know, took issue with that and, you know, has, has kind of clapped back a little bit. He, he did his thing at the ESPYs and whatnot. Um, I... Get that, you know, I'm going to go into how that that doesn't make sense, but I don't think it's really, if you look at it from a certain perspective, that uh, like controversial of a statement. I think we were all, as as fans and, and people watching, kind of saying a similar thing. Better is not the word. Better doesn't make sense because if you're... Uh, and, and I should say, Williams went on to say after that, I would say they were the more disciplined team. I would say that without a doubt. They're disciplined. Their history of being in the finals, championship pedigree, that was real. Does that not go into what makes you better? Like, if you're more disciplined, then, then that helps you be better. <laughs> like, I think what he's trying to say is they were the more talented team. They were the more physical team, maybe. All the stuff we were saying about the Celtics, that's true. But to say just better... As as just a blank statement, that doesn't make any sense because disciplinedness, you know, how, however disciplined you are, and your championship pedigree, that is what makes teams better than other teams. So clearly, you know, I I think that's the opinion shared by almost anybody. I I get it, and I get it's easy to clown someone like Grant Williams, who's who's always kind of you know you listen to his mic'd up sessions in the playoffs, you. You, you You've had enough of him almost instantly. I get that. But like, you know the, the people kind of outraged about it. I, I I can kind of understand what he's saying, but yeah, obviously, they they weren't better. They just weren't. If they were better, they would have won. But again, they were the they were the bigger team across the board. They were the more physical team, at least, you know, if if they played up to that. Physicality up to that strength, up to their full potential. They were the you know, more physical, more skilled. They had more skilled, kind of two way players across the board. I think the Warriors, at the end of the day, especially getting uh, Gary Payton back, they were the deeper team. I think. I think the Celtics kind of prided themselves on, you know, like team ball all year. Well, guess what? In, in the finals, you, 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 it would be better if you didn't play the two guys you brought off the bench at all. You, you basically just had five guys because Derek White disappeared and Grant Williams, he disappeared by the end of the finals. And they weren't bringing anyone else off the bench and no one else was in the rotation. You know, Tice fell out, all, all those other, Pritchard, all those other fun guys, you know, that they played throughout the year, that, you know, sort of strength and numbers kind of mentality of the Celtics, that kind of fell off. So they weren't better in that regard. They weren't better when it came to taking care of the ball, uh, famously. Uh, you know, the, the, the Celtics turned the ball over again and again and again. They, they made stupid, stupid decisions uh, over and over again. And, and yeah, you know, Grant, you may think you were you, 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 the, your team had more talent, uh, you know, the, all, all the stuff I just said. But it's the little things that actually push you over the top. It's not about talent. Uh, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, the Warriors are a pretty freaking talented team, too. They have Steph Curry, uh, you know, a lot of people in a lot of people's top 10 players of all time, the greatest shooter of all time. Draymond Green, maybe the best modern defender we've ever seen. And Clay Thompson, although, you know, hobbled and still not himself, maybe the second greatest shooter of all time. And don't forget our boy Wiggins. We're, we're a pro Wiggins podcast over here. Even though Matt's not here, I'll, I'll, I'll still ship Wiggins. Um, but the, the, the championship pedigree, all those sort of little things that you kind of brush over, Grant Williams, that is what makes a team better. That is what makes a team a championship-level team. And, the, you know, being disciplined and having that championship pedigree, the, you know, as the Celtics, you guys can say next year that you, 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 maybe you don't have championship pedigree, but you have the experience. You were finally in the finals. And that's, you know, going through that and losing, that's what's going to help you become a better team in the years to come. If you guys can stick together, you know, if, if the Brogdon signing works out, you know, if you, you know, the Gallinari can stay on the floor, all that stuff. I, I have high hopes for the Celtics next season, but don't go around saying that you were the better team when pretty clearly you weren't. You just weren't at the end of the day. Um, so, but, you know, Grant Williams is going to say what he's going to say. Um, and, you know, Steph, Steph's feeling himself right now. This is the summer of Steph. He, he's he, uh, he's sick of all the slander and and I'm loving it because, you know, the, the guy deserves it. I can't wait to see what the Warriors, you know, and the Celtics look like next year. Imagine, imagine a, a, a rematch in the finals. I, I don't know how likely that is, but that 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 was a fun finals. At the end of the day, after a pretty uh, pretty disappointing, uh, you know, playoffs, as Matt and I talked about a lot of times. Too many blowouts. Not not enough close series. Not enough big moments. But uh, you know, as a fan, I think the finals, generally speaking, delivered. Um, and and one more thing about Grant Williams. Grant Williams, if if that uh, if that Jimmy Butler shot goes in, or you know. Then then, even the heat are better than you guys, so don't don't go running your mouth too much um and you know the last thing i'm going to touch on maybe the biggest sort of story right now since the Kevin Durant trade rumors trade talks have kind of dwind- dwindled down to to nothing and you know Kevin Durant is still zero dark thirty five uh he's got he's got nothing to say to anyone uh, these days and a lot of a lot of you know rumor and circulation about whether or not the trade request really was Real, like how serious he is about it. Because, you know, if 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 he went in there and and threatened to sit out or or threatened, you know, he said, "I, I will not play for you know in, in a Nets uniform one other single day," then you know I I can see a world where Sean Marks and the Nets are are desperate to to get him out of there, trade him no matter what. But you know that maybe maybe there was a little bit more going on. You know, I think it was Dave McMenamin, ESPN guy, said, you know, maybe maybe the the Durant trade request was really more about getting Kyrie Irving out of town than 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 Kyrie because or or than Kevin uh, Durant himself because you know it, the the whole thing kind of smelled fishy to me from the beginning. it was It was weird timing, uh, you know with with that many years on his contract with with such a recent commitment to the nets. Uh, you know he's seen some playoff success. Uh, you know there's there's ways for the team to get better. Ben Simmons didn't even play. It all seemed weird. So anyway, with that kind of down to just a murmur. It's Donovan Mitchell now that's in the, the ethos, that's in the, the conversation of, of superstars, whether or not you consider him a superstar. Stars, at the very least, being traded uh, in the NBA. And so so uh, there's a lot of different ways, uh, you know, that, uh, a lot of different rumors that we've, we, we've been able to see and, and sort of hear about since the Rudy Gobert trade went down, the, uh, the what's going on in Utah uh, you whole know, fiasco, um, but the, you know the the two front runners that we've seen uh, kind of come out on top in, in these discussions are the Knicks and the Heat, and I really really think you know it, it in in as much as these things can be, I think a trade to the Knicks is written on the wall to me. You know, I I, I think Donovan Mitchell would love to go to the Knicks. I I, I think he would love to go team up with Brunson. And 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 Mitchell Robinson, <laughs> what a big three! Um, and whoever's left in you know what it, whatever pieces are still there in, in in the trade to acquire him, I think Donovan Mitchell would 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 love that. I I, I don't think with the way that Utah has sort of shifted uh, their focus as an organization, I I don't think he wants to be in Utah anymore. I I I think he would love to get traded to the Knicks, and you know the Heat as as this kind of sleeper team, this this kind of you know. They're in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, too, apparently. Uh, you know they're 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 just on the hunt for another star. to be honest, i I hate all of their packages. i I don't understand what like are they gonna part with Bam uh, in in a deal for for Mitchell or Kevin Durant? I don't think so. they're They're obviously not going to part with Jimmy Butler. And at this point in his career, who really wants Kyle Lowry? I, I don't think ma- many people are willing to give up, you know, you know, someone like donovan Mitchell and and, and you know, getting back your your one of one of the biggest assets you're getting back is Kyle Lowry. I don't think that's that's something many teams want. And then you go down the list, okay, Tyler Hero. I, you know, I I think Zach Lowe just wrote about it. This kind of split opinion on what Tyler Hero is going to be, whether he's going to be like a fringe kind of all-star guy or just a bench scorer. I'm I'm calling it right now. I'm in the camp of way closer to a bench guy, just a bench scorer, a good bench scorer, but I don't see Tyler Hero becoming a star in in the NBA or an all-star. I I could be wrong, but I just don't see it. I th- I think he's got more of a bag than people ever thought he he could develop. You know, especially early last year. You know, the helping the Heat get to that number one seed, he was awesome. Not just as a three point shooter, but as a mid range guy. You know, a guy you know off pin downs. Uh, he he is he is a really really deep offensive bag, but kind of like other other guys with kind of similar similar builds and and similar play styles, doesn't do much else to be honest. He's not really a playmaker. He's not a good defender. He he. A lot of times he couldn't. You couldn't even. You know. He obviously got hurt uh, in, in in the playoffs. But you know when he is healthy in the playoffs, he he's an, another guy who can be kind of a liability. You're you're like him. Is is it really worth having him out there on the floor? He's just going to get abused. Uh, you know, especially if you're playing a team. You know, for example, like the Boston Celtics, who, who have big wings that'll, you know, get hero switched onto them again and again and again. Just you know, go at him. Um. I, I just I don't I don't see, but. Uh, why, if, if if you're Utah, that's who you would accept back as as the center of a trade package, and that's honestly the best that the Heat can do. And not to mention, even more than that, if I'm if I'm a rebuilding team and I'm like, ooh, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to give up Donovan Mitchell here, um, and you know I, I can get a pretty big haul back for him, mainly centered around draft picks, obviously. Who who which draft picks do I want? The Miami Heat draft picks, or uh, you know the Pat Riley Miami Heat draft picks? Or the James Dolan New York Knicks draft picks. Uh, gee, it's a tough decision. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even go near. I, I wouldn't. I would want nothing to do with Miami Heat draft picks. They are always good. They always find a way to to win. As long as Eric Spoelstra is coaching the Miami Heat, they can have me and Matt out there, and Alex. Me, Matt, and Alex, and you know who, who we rounded up, rounded out with, and any other you know two of you you listeners. You know Eric Spoelstra would coach us to a you know forty two and thirty seven fucking record. Like the man is an amazing coach brings the most out of, you know, everybody, uh, you know, that, that they can get. And, you know, the, the Heat, they don't, they don't really have a history of, of tanking. They, they don't really do that. They, they retool, they, they lure the next superstar. They did that with Jimmy Butler. They've done that, you know, from the time before LeBron went there and, and since. That, that's, that's what they do. Um, and so I, I would want nothing to do with Heat draft picks. The Knicks, on the other hand, need I say anything about the way they've been run, you know, over the past 20 years? You know they're going to be bad. So I think it's a win-win. I I think the Knicks would love to, you know, as much as it's, you know, I see it as slightly problematic, a backcourt of Mitchell and Brunson in New York. I think they'd love to team those two up. Then you've got your first superstar. And then, you know, the Knicks have always, it's always been the Knicks strategy. They, 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 They get their one superstar. And then they hope it's just, you know, a the 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 first piece, the the domino, the first domino to get the next superstar. And then boom, you're a you're you're a contender all of a sudden. You know, we we all know that's the next plan. That that's James Dolan's, you know, big, big kind of master uh, you know, plan moving forward. And and I think that's that's part of the reason why you signed Brunson too, because that's a kind of mini step. You know that's that's the half star to get you the star, and then the star gets you the superstar. And I, I said I think it was in our last pod that my my uh, dream scenario is for the Knicks to pick up not only Mitchell but Kevin Durant as well. You know it's 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 possible. It's a very very unlikely, but it would be possible. But I think the Knicks do it in a heartbeat, and they would give up any number of their young guys or or tradable contracts. You know, hundred percent up to and including RJ Barrett. I I think they would do it. I I, I think they're they're they've always been in the superstar hunting game. And, and I think they consider Donovan Mitchell a superstar. And if I'm, and if I'm, if, if I, if I'm the Utah jazz, I'm saying, my God, I, I can get, you know, who knows what haul they can get five, six plus swaps draft picks from a James Dolan team. Are you kidding me? I'll do that any day of the week. This will be the best rebuild. This will this, be such a success. We'll have, you know, we'll have lottery picks every, every year for the next uh, 10 years. Uh, so I, However it happens, I think that's what the writing on the wall is, and I think that's what's going to get done. I, I think it works for both guys, uh, for both sides, I should say. Um, and I, I've got one right here. Okay, Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks for Derrick Rose, salary filler, comes off the book in two years. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to need one of the, the, the Knicks are going to have to send send them someone with a sizable contract. I don't know if that's Randall or Fournier. Obviously, the Jazz don't want any of those veterans, but, you know, you need someone to make the money work. Donovan Mitchell's making $30 million. Um, So Derek Rose, R.J. Barrett, Grimes, and Quickly. Now Grimes and Quickly are the type of young players that the Jazz say that they want cheap sort of players you can take a flyer out on. They've they've still got time left on their you know their 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 current deals. Uh, No one that's going to be coming up you know for a big payday that they'll have to make a decision on. Great, R.J. Barrett, I get it. Utah, you don't want to pay him, you don't want the headache, you don't want to deal with it. Just take him, just take him. He might be a really good player. And you've got to pay someone over the next few... You've got a salary cap, for God's sake. You've got to pay someone over the, the, this, this next bit of a rebuild. And if if RJ, you know, is, is willing to commit to you guys to say like, okay, I'll be, I'll be the star here for a little bit or, or the quasi star and let you, you know, we'll be bad, but we'll get down in the, the lottery year after year. And hopefully in a couple of years, like RJ Barrett's only 22 years old. He, he's still got a lot of room to grow. So I, I don't understand this this hesitation of, of picking, you know, not not wanting to take him back in a trade. I think that's pretty much the best young player, you know, if you look at it, the league landscape right now, that you're going to get back for, for Donovan Mitchell. So I would just fucking do it. And, you know, that, that, that makes the salary works. And then however many fucking picks and swaps you guys want to, you know, haggle over, the Knicks, they don't care. The, I, I think they'll do pretty much anything. You can fleece them. Danny Ainge, go ahead and fleece them. But just take RJ Barrett. Uh, I, I think that's the smartest thing you can do. And, and, and I really don't see what the hangup is. So, so let's get this deal done. Let's get some some stuff moving. Let's you know maybe when this domino falls, Kevin Durant, you know that that that'll pick up again. You know the, 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 there'll be teams kind of clamoring, sort of maybe they'll they'll throw in better offers. Maybe the Heat, if they're out of the the Mitchell sweepstakes, they'll, they'll refocus in on KD. Maybe that 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 next domino starts the Kyrie thing. We just want more movement. We, we basketball is a, a year round sport, and uh, you know we 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 don't want we don't like this dead period. So so uh, l- l- let's make something happen here. Um, but but that's all we've got right now. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully by by next pod with Matt, we we've got something more to talk about, something more topical. Um, but uh, you know we'll be coming back at you next week. In the meantime, follow Big Dog Ball Talk on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, what else we got? TikTok, of course. We'll we'll be posting more TikToks soon. Uh, you know, follow us, share us to your friends, uh, all that good stuff. And we'll be coming at you with 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 more more uh, more content uh, imminently. And and your uh, your your gracious host Matt Icon will be back very very soon. Thanks for sticking with me today, guys. This this was hard. Matt said it's hard to talk nonstop when he did his solo, and it, it is true. But um, but I had to do it. I, I'm I'm always on the grind. Um, but uh, you know I'll I'll switch to Matt for for our little send-off. Yeah, As my good friend Jordan always says, go out on top, guys. Don't be Russell Westbrook. Go out on top. Know know when you've know when you've given all you can give. Uh, you know you, it's like like when you're shooting around in the gym. Always end on a miss. Just go out on top, people. Embrace the day.